Hi, everybody. Welcome inside Podcast Junkie Studios in beautiful downtown Boca Raton, Florida. And this is the Cats and Bolts podcast, if you can believe it's episode number 20 already of Florida's favorite hockey show, Florida's favorite NHL show, NHL talk with a Florida twist. I'm Rod Peterson. That is Serena Taylor, the co-host, and we've got 30 minutes of NHL talk coming your way here. And it's what you people say is your favorite. It's just Serena and I answering your questions. I put the call out, Serena, just this morning to our viewers, and we've got so many questions that I'm not sure 30 minutes are going to be enough to cover them all, but you really like that, don't you? I love when the when the listeners slash the viewers ask us questions because we want to talk about what they want to hear because I know I could carry on about stuff they probably don't care. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make this very clear. They're not going to get on the podcast. I have people asking, can I come on again? No, that'll never happen. But we are happy to answer your questions. And the funny thing is they answer the question. Then they go on and clarify two, three, four times. I'm like, I got you guys. We're good. I understand. But before we delve into the and we're going to. These are 99% Florida people, um, mostly South Florida, some Tampa area, and then we got some from Canada too. But we're going to get it rolling right now. I'm just going to tell you that we are brought to you by DraftKings, the official sports book of the National Football League. The crown is yours. And also Beach House, Pompano, and Baresco. They uh, furnish gift cards for our live guests when we have live guests here on Cats and Bolts. But Serena, we're coming out of All-Star Weekend and I have to ask you this. We ha- we trounced what happened last year here in South Florida. It was bad. Nobody really wanted to say it. You and I weren't afraid. It was better this year in Toronto, I thought. I think it was. Whether they learned or whatever happened, they just, I think, realized. Having said that, you're looking at a different crowd. It's a different crowd of people. Here, the things that they like to do here are different than the things that the hockey fans like to do in Toronto. So I think it was a much better move from the NHL to do the things that they did up there. Well, your boy, uh, Connor McDavid, said going into this All-Star weekend, he was like, I hope we don't have any surfboards out there. And everybody kind of laughed because I guess we can forget talking about what happened last year in Florida with them shooting pucks at surfboards and shooting pucks out on the golf course. It made no sense. But the one thing that people are still talking about, I don't know how much they are here in Florida, but they are in Canada, NHL circles. Nikita Kucherov, the NHL's leading scorer, the star of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can we say screwing the dog? I think we can. In uh, Friday Night Skills Company, he quit quit on a drill and got booed by the Toronto fans. The Tampa Bay Lightning star, Nikita Kucherov. You can't get away with that crap in Toronto. And I don't think that was the worst thing we've ever seen a player do. It's like, do I think any less of Kucherov? It doesn't surprise me when guys do that. It would surprise me if a Connor McDavid did that because he's not that type of a guy. But I don't think it was the worst thing that's ever been done, but I do not applaud it. Thumbs down. Like Moeller said last week on our show, this is for the fans. So it's like the fans pay your salary, essentially. Kind of have that respect for that. You did have Lightning fans by the initials of Blake Dodge <laughs> defend <laughs> yeah. Kucherov. Well, Blake's, like Blake said, he's like, Kucherov didn't want to be there. He got fined if he wasn't there. And the reality of it is... It used to be an honor to play in the All-Star game. It used to be an honor when guys would play for the Wales Conference or the Campbell Conference. That was a big deal. And now it's almost guys would rather take a vacation than go to the All-Star game. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, I don't think any of them really want to be there. But it's just those things you have to do. It's part of your job. And I still 
frown upon what Kucherov did. You know, it's interesting. So there, there's that. But the only other thing, um, and I don't know why. Again, the skills competition was Friday night. Connor McDavid won it. I watched some of it, not all of it. I just thought it was a little tedious. But that's my fault. The 18,000 in the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto loved it. And then the game itself, Austin Matthews of the Leafs was the MVP and his team won the All-Star game. But Sidney Crosby was getting dogged a little bit. Did you see this? A little he bit. ducked out on the draft. Thursday night, they did a draft where just like the schoolyard, you pick your teams. Sid wasn't there and video surfaced of him skating on an outdoor rink in Montana. I don't know why. I'm, it's not like he was trying to hide from anybody. He wouldn't have had a professional video crew in Montana. I felt like he was somewhat busy doing something else, you know, but he was ripped on by the media for not being there for the draft. And I just, I don't have a problem that he wasn't there. People just make the stupidest stuff up as if he didn't clear that with somebody before the day happened. He's not that kind of a guy. He's not going to just bail and not show up. The league wasn't upset that he wasn't there. They knew he wasn't going to be mm -hmm. there. So why does everybody have to make such a big Crosby? Really? I'm not a Crosby fan as a player, but he's definitely a stand-up guy. Like, lay off of it. He very likely had his reasons. So we're going to delve into the questions, and we're going to have to jump all over the place here. And bear with me, please, uh, Serena. i got to go into my mentions. This is from Bailey. And he says, I just wanted to elaborate uh, a little more on my question. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm really screwing this up here, Serena. I, I don't know where to start because we got so many. Well, here's one. If Bill, this isn't Bailey's. This is somebody else. I'll have to find out the name of the guy that sent it in. But he said, if Bill Zito re-signs Sam Reinhart and Gustav Forsling, is he a shoe-in for GM of the year or will he get snubbed again? I think snubbed is a harsh word. I don't think Bill Zito got snubbed. I think that there are general managers out in the NHL who do a better job than Bill Zito. If he signs Reinhardt and Forsling, it's not like signing Gretzky and Lemieux. Like this is one of those things nowadays where it has to fit into the into the salary cap. So sometimes when you look at a general manager, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that they have to put the puzzle pieces together. So if he's going to sign those guys, maybe he has to dump somebody else. So it's kind of too early to tell whether or not it would be fair if he was not chosen as the GM of the year. Yeah, that's going to be, a, I think, an anonymous question. Or was that Winston? Yeah, it was Winston. Uh, Winston, the bully, bulldog, was the one that wrote in that question. So I apologize. They don't immediately pop up where the questions come from. But you see now why I think, Serena, teams celebrate getting a long-term extension for their stars because the Panthers fans are sitting waiting. You hear about the Sam Reinhardt stuff almost every day. Not as much Forsling. And Reinhardt was an all-star. They want to see it done. Right, right. But Reinhardt's had one great year. Mm -hmm. Every other year he's been average. So everybody's got their panties in a knot about whether or not he's going to sign and stay. Like, relax. What if this is his only good year? And again, if you're going to put a lot of money into him, he's probably going to ask for a lot of money. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to kind of balance that out. Depends what he wants. That was from Winnie. Okay, the next one. Does Florida need to add anything to the roster for another deep run? And I apologize. I don't have the names of the guys and gals that sent these questions in, but you'll have to suffice with that. And if I can go first, 
the NHL trade deadline is March 8th, so it's literally a month to go away. And um, I would be shocked if they did much. They didn't do anything last year. We've discussed that on this show. Bill Zito, I think it was one of three teams, the Panthers didn't make any trades at the Cup or the deadline that went all the way to the Stanley Cup. I don't see what they need here. Do you? No, I mean, every team could benefit by making a big trade, potentially, but I really don't think that it would hurt them to not make any moves. They don't really need to. What they have is working so far. Uh, well, and the other thing is, who, who are you going to get? I mean, they have guys sitting healthy scratches every night. We see them in the press box. Josh Maher is one, for instance, who was a key part of last year's team. Ever since Ekblad and Montour came back into the lineup, they... They've had too many players. Save for Alexander Barkov, they have not had big injuries. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And Barkov, I mean, he was sick for a few games like a few months ago and, you know, the lower body injury and stuff like that. But I feel like Tampa or they feel like Florida actually plays pretty well without Barkov because it's almost like they know Hmm. they have to. Yes, they're missing a big piece of their lineup, but the guys that have the jobs can do their job without Barkov. You look like a guy like Huberto. Huberto was a different player with Barkov than he is without Barkov, but I feel like the Panthers wingers and centermen that they have that can play without Barkov, it's because they're strong enough to do Uh, it. Maybe, but when they don't have Barkov, they don't win. The four-game losing streak coincided with him not playing. Sure, but when he was sick for three games back in the fall, they won every game, I think. So it's like the players can at least hold their own without him. Let's put it this way. If they're healthy, they don't need anybody. Are we fair on that? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it's Barkov for Selkie. That's the account that asked us this question. He says, I have a different type of question. Why did this podcast start and what led to it? So I'm so happy that you uh, asked that question. We addressed that way back at the start, like 18, 19 episodes ago. Serena and I are two Canadians uh, who live here now and love hockey. And to be honest, I do a television show too, but I thought I would be the 1,000th guy down here talking about football. There's already 1,000 or more guys talking about football. There's nobody talking hockey, not real intelligently and not well, as far as I'm concerned, other than the teams themselves. So why not start this podcast? And uh, it's attracted people like you, Barkov for Selkie, and more. That's my answer to it. We just wanted to start a hockey show. Do you want to go a little more deep into it? I, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. Maybe it's the, I feel like Canadian hockey players and fans were hockey snobs. We are hockey snobs and we love to talk about hockey all the time. And this was an opportunity where we went and said, you know, there's not a lot of places for these fans to get their information. And everybody we talk to, every guest that comes on, they feel the same way because they all grew up in Canada. They all understand that there's hockey in July always being talked about. So it's a little different here. You actually have to search for the information instead of it always coming to you. We thought, Let's try to figure out a way that we can share that information because, I mean, I don't, I'm not bad to look at. He's like, okay, but we figured if you guys watch it, you'll have a ha-ha, that was a joke. Isn't there like some kind of— She's also humble and— I, I, He doesn't even—see see what I mean? He doesn't listen. He didn't even register. Oh, I, it, I didn't know what to say to that. 
Hey, I but can any, start throwing some sound effects in here. Yeah, for yeah, you guys. yeah. anytime. Whenever you guys yeah. want. Absolutely, Ben's, Ben's anytime. Bring out the sound uh, we were driving across Canada. Guess my story's over. We were driving literally across Canada last summer, and I can't remember whose idea it was. We should do a podcast when we get home. I feel like I think it was yours. I think you were like, I really want to do this podcast, and. I was like, okay, how are we going to make that work? Yeah, and it was just going to be a Panthers podcast. And I thought, well, why not do the Lightning for for various reasons that I'm not going to get into here because it's kind of a secret. I can give you a few, but let's just say the Lightning go to the Stanley Cup final and the Panthers miss the playoffs. We can still talk about one of these two teams deep into the playoffs. Gives us twice as much to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Originally, we just kind of felt like there wasn't a lot of hockey um, information in Florida in general. You certainly don't really hear about the lightning over here, and I'm sure you don't hear about the Panthers over there. So we're like, let's just kind of figure <laughs> out what we have a lot to talk about. Well, and you have to understand, I have no plans on leaving here ever. I love it. But it's different than the rivalries that we're used to in Canada, like specifically Edmonton and Calgary, because I spent a lot of time in Calgary, not Edmonton. I don't really care for Edmonton. But those two cities are obsessed with each other. And the hockey teams. They hate each other. All they do is talk about each other. And here, I very rarely ever hear here in South Florida about the Tampa Bay Lightning from anybody. Or even Tampa, period. I personally wouldn't even consider this a rivalry. Yeah. From what we know as a rivalry, I actually don't think they have one. No, but technically, I'd like to think it is. Like the Battle of Florida. But it's not like people are fighting in the parking lot and stuff like that. Like <laughs> we come in, from a different place, people. Be patient with us. Yeah. So it's not what we're used to. Uh, that's the answer. That's why we started it. But, you know, my dad worked in the NHL for 26 years. I worked in major junior hockey for 20 years. I was the voice of uh, Canada's world junior team. Serena was Canada's first ever major junior female play-by-play voice. So we're hockey people. I also worked 20 years in the Canadian Football League, but... I have not reached out to any former Dolphins, save for Ricky Williams, who I did have on the show once. But other than that, I haven't reached out to the football people. They got everybody's up their ass, mm-hmm. right? The hockey people, there's not one guy turned us down. Not no. one guy. And we've had some solid guests on here. I think we've had them all. I mean, the creme de la creme of the Florida Panthers have been on this show. Well, the, these are good people. It's funny because the two, the people asked for the most, Peter Worrell and... Uh, Muller. Randy Mulder were, I think, our last two guests. We're burning through them fast. If you notice, that's why I, every second week we bring in a live guest because I'm <laughs> no. like, we're going to go through all of them. We're like, they'll never show up. They'll never get back to us. And also, I'm like, yeah, he's in. Yeah. Okay. But that is probably because of Billy Lindsay. Bill has most a is good Bill say in it. Yeah. for sure. But Joe Vanoski is a guy that everybody said, you won't get Joe. You, you won't get Jobo. He's too busy. He's too, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's in another class. No, not only did he show up, he wouldn't leave. <laughs> well, don't you have to be gone by four? No, I'm good. Let's just keep going. He stood right in front of the table for yeah. half an hour after what a great and wouldn't guess. leave. So Dude, th- what was... does that tell you, though? The hockey guys, they don't get interviewed anywhere else, and they're happy to do this, and that's kind of why we're doing it. They are just normal guys. Well, plus we can relate. When we're asking them questions about where they grew up or where they played junior hockey, they know that we can relate. They're not getting asked the same old questions all the time about when the Panthers win the Stanley Cup final and la la la. 
like they're getting asked different questions and it's relatable. And I can say that because I've lived in the U.S. since 2007. And when I can connect with someone like that, it feels like old home week. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, this is great. Like, get to talk to these people. They actually know what they're talking about. It's so refreshing. Well, that's the whole thing. Like anybody, though, if you run into somebody that has similar interests, you get real far real fast. You know what I mean? And with us, with these hockey guests, that's been the case. Well, Canadians definitely stick together. That's one thing I've noticed from living in the U.S., living in Hong Kong. Whenever Canadians or Canadians stick together, that's just what we do. Fair. I see them as hockey people, not Canadians per se. That's where we differ on things. Well, you haven't you know? really been around other Canadians that all Canadians are hockey people. So What's your point? We don't differ on it. It's just you've lived here for like a half a minute. So you're always just around hockey I, people. I don't identify the people as Canadian. I identify them as hockey people. That's what I was saying. That's okay. All. Um, I don't remember who this question came in from, but it's, do you feel the Panthers have more to prove given last year's run and all of the added attention? I don't. I don't. I feel like no, there's not one Panthers fan out there who should be disappointed. I really don't. I feel like the Panthers have proven that they they could win a championship, just like however many other teams in the league. I don't think they have anything to prove, me personally. No. I mean, I don't ever hear that around the rink either. And when no. I say that, I don't mean in the stands. I don't hear it in the press box. I mean, I valid question, and I appreciate the question, but they're not even thinking about that. It's a great question because I like when people ponder. It's like, do you have something to prove? No, I really don't. There are teams that do have something to prove, but I don't think the Panthers are one of them. They just want to get to the Stanley Cup. I mean, I would say for required learning, go watch the documentary Boys on the Bus. Kevin Lowe of the Edmonton Orders of the 80s says a comment in there that I never, ever, ever forgot. People think you start to win a championship year after year after year, you get bored of it. That's what Joe Fan thinks. Kevin Lowe goes, you start to think it's yours. Right, you don't want to yeah. give it up. Yeah, and that's what the Panthers just <clears throat> expect to be there, but they're not thinking, "Oh my God, if we don't make it, we'll be embarrassed because we made it last year." Yeah, I don't it, think it's an interesting. I feel like it's an interesting dynamic right now with the Panthers because speaking about the Kevin Lowe thing with the Oilers, the Oilers won five cups in seven years. That'll never happen again. You know, the teams uh, that won four in a row, like the Islanders in Montreal in the seventies and eighties, that'll never happen again. Um, but. It, you look at a team like Florida, it's like they haven't quite won it. They haven't won it yet, so it's not theirs yet. So it's that different mentality. The Oilers, Kevin Lowe, felt like they had something to lose, whereas the Panthers feel like they have something to win. Does that make sense? It's a uh, different scrap. in the. It's a different fight in the yard. It's like, look at Tampa. Tampa didn't want to lose. Mm -hmm. They probably still feel like it's theirs to win. It's a different um, mentality. Well, <clears throat> speaking of that, well, there's a Tampa connection here. So this Bailey I was telling you about, this is his question. Uh, he says, do you guys think that Sam Reinhardt's deal should be eight years, $9 million per year? And then he went on to write me a little further on, and he goes, I wanted to elaborate a little more. He goes, I compare this to the Braden Point deal with Tampa. Both have similar numbers and have a monster contract year. They are weapons on the power play, and it would suck to lose that in Reinhardt. I don't think that they would pay someone equal to or more than Kachuk. So that's why I have the average AAV at nine 
but him and Point are so similar and play the exact same spot on the power play, I don't think that's replaceable. It's a good point. Reinhardt was an all-star, um, but I, I don't put Sam Reinhardt in the same stratosphere as Braden Point. No chance. No, I don't. No and chance. I just think during that playoff run last year, you didn't hear Sam Reinhardt as the hero. The fact of the matter is he's going to contract year if it's a coincidence or if he has had a fire lit under his ass because he wants to be paid. I don't believe he's that player. I think he's having a great year. But I think we talked on the last show, and Bailey, I would invite you to go tune it in, with, or as two shows ago, the episode before Randy Moeller. Um, I wouldn't pay him more than what he's making right now, $6.5 million a year. You know, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it goes back to this. We watched Braden Point in junior and we watched Sam Reinhardt in junior and it wasn't even close. Reinhardt was an incredible player in junior, but Braden Point, everybody knew he was going to be special. And Braden Point has not missed a beat his entire NHL career. That guy has never dropped the ball. He's never had an off season. He's just always, I would say this year of all years, he's probably not putting up the points that they might be used to, but I just don't think, and it, and I appreciate him bringing this up. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great, it's a great point, but if you're going toe to toe, I, I really don't think that you invest that long of a deal into somebody that hasn't proven themselves to be a quality player year in what? and year out. Kachuk, I honestly get it. Barkov, I definitely get it. I don't think Sam Reinhardt is that guy, but I appreciate. I really appreciate the thought you put into it, Bailey. Somebody's going to pay him, but I don't think the Panthers should, and I don't think that they will. If you want my opinion, I think the Panthers are going to trade him while he's hot and get somebody for him. That would be a smart thing to do. We'll see if Bill Zito is up to that. Um, so that's from the questions that have come in on Instagram. We've had others DMing me on Twitter. Stan in Marathon, where the Panthers games air on the radio station down there. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the Beaches, I think. Stan in Marathon wants to know, what are your second half expectations? And I'm like, ooh, we only have about eight minutes left. And I don't really have any other than you look at how wild the first half was. And we have made all these generalizations that this is the way things are going to be the rest of the way. We could have other coaches fired. We could have injuries. I'm praying we don't. But you know what I mean? The first quarter of the season was completely the polar opposite to the second quarter. Yeah. And I remember when we were talking about at Thanksgiving, are the teams going to make the playoffs and this and this and that. And we're going to have to go back and revisit that clip when the playoffs come around and see who was in. Because I don't remember exactly who was in the playoffs at the time that we were kind of I want to say about. Philly was. I want to say Detroit was. Edmonton was not. Edmonton was yeah. about 2-25 at the time. Sarcastic, of course, but it was not good. Um, I appreciate the question from Chris in Bradenton. I, I don't think it's hard. He says, who's your lightning MVP so far? And I think we saw him in the All-Star game. Yeah. yeah. And that's another interesting point, kind of going back to what we were talking about with Reinhardt versus Braden Point. It's like Reinhardt's having a great year. Kucherov is having a great year. It's the best Kucher best season we've ever seen Kucherov have. Not that he's not an incredibly gifted player, but it's like, is he the MVP this year? Maybe, but you're looking at a whole lineup of guys that pull their weight behind him. Just because he has a lot of points, it's hard to say. Well, I don't think that the fans get it wrong. And in the case of Kucherov and even Sam Reinhardt, they were selected by the NHL. 
And for those, I don't even know what the process is. I searched and searched and searched and tried to find who's picking these all-star teams. It's like a panel of what I think is former coaches, probably some scouts. But they were the right picks for the. No, teams. I'm not saying they got it wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying it's yeah. not transparent how they do it, yeah. right? But they know what they're they know what they're doing. So if you want to say Kucherov was the Lightning MVP, that's what I think, and he was the all-star. If you just want to flip that and say who's the Panthers MVP, we're gonna say it's Sam Reinhardt. Uh, I don't think so. I think Bobrovsky. Um, I think so. I think because the way the reason I say this is this: Bobrovsky has not faltered all year. He this is the first year that you're like we're not like ooh what are we gonna get with Bob <laughs> today? He's been on point. I I personally think they would be a bigger loss if they lost Bobrovsky than if they lost Reinhardt. Well, of course. Well, absolutely. So that's my point. That's the MVP. Um, just saying, who has been the MVP to this point is is the question. I mean, Bob is the MVP of the team for the reason you just pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even close with Stolarz as the backup. Bob also went to the All Star Game, voted by the fans. I got to give the fans a lot of credit too, though. They got it right. I know. It was funny because we were talking about it. And we're like, all the people that got voted in were on Canadian teams. And then Bobrovsky. We're like, who was vote? Like, who? Vo-? But that's probably fair. I think there might be a little bit of recency bias in that he was had a long playoff run with the Panthers last year. They remember him as being hot then. Yeah. And he did have yeah, a good first for sure. half. That happens. So they got Absolutely. it right. Um, Dave in Tampa wants to know who we think will win a Stanley Cup first now. The Panthers are the Lightning. And if I may go first, I think the Lightning are skidding. The record will tell you that they are. And I think the Panthers are still climbing just as a, as a franchise. The way they're tra- the trajectory sure. is that Florida will win a Stanley Cup first. That's what I'd like to think. Um, sounds like you are iffy on that. I always go with experience and veterans. Always. Always, always, always. When Edmonton lost the 83 Stanley Cup final to the Islanders, Wayne walked by the Islanders' dressing room at, on the losing team. Wayne lost. And he said, I looked in that dressing room, and those guys were beat up. They had nothing left in the tank. And he thought, those guys know how to win. And Wayne said, you have to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. And that's when it hit him. You got to do that. I don't think, I still think right now, let's say we did a, if the, if the two teams played in the playoffs, I still think the lightning would win. Mm, I don't even think it would be close. I think it would be the Panthers in five. And I'll tell you why. Um, she says that I've lived here for five minutes. I don't know why she says these mean, hurtful things. I've covered the team for this is the third season. So two years ago when they won the President's Trophy and lined up against Tampa in the playoffs and got swept. Do you, actually, that was two years ago. They beat Washington, then got swept by Tampa. Do you remember me coming home and saying there are a bunch of little kids, the Panthers, hmm. like with names like Mason and Sam and the Lightning are men? Yeah. You know, um, that I feel not only has flipped, but the Panthers are really, really hungry. They're extremely sure, hungry. Sure, but you have a you have a Tampa team that really hasn't changed all that much. So they're a couple of years older, a couple of years gone in the legs. But I just you never count teams like that out. Never, ever, ever, ever. Never underestimate those teams. That was my point with Doug McClain when he was sitting here the other day, and I said they're winning games based on that knowledge, right? Because they know how to win. I think that's. They're a little bit on fumes. I just think the Panthers are still smarting in a lot of ways, and they have grown up. Look at all the fights and brawls that they're in. 
They never used to do that. Which is, they were a soft team before. Which is kind of ironic because they're like, a, I guess you could say their Panthers are a scrappy team. But when they were playing Minnesota that night, it shockingly wasn't the Panthers really that started it. It was just both teams decided to go at it all night. Like, I didn't feel like there was anything like dirty that anybody did or cheap yeah. or anything. It was just a go-go brawl. And I was like, this is old-time hockey. This is what needs to happen yeah. in the league. And you didn't go to the Arizona game where they dropped the puck fight. Cleaned it up, yeah. dropped the puck fight. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I should have known something was going on because I looked at the roster and I'm like, why is Lomberg in the starting lineup? He never starts a game. Oh, okay, he's going to fight right after well, the Well, but also, case. too, the Panthers had lost a few games in a row. And I, and I said to you, I think, I forget if it was after the Minnesota game or the Arizona game, I said, the Panthers have to do something. They're losing. They're playing like garbage. It was not – they're not playing well – they have to do something. They got to spice it up. So if you're Paul Maurice, why wouldn't you start Lomberg? Let's go. Get it going. Uh, two quick last questions, then we'll shut her down. Gay in Coral Gables wants to know who will be, or sorry, will there be another coach fired this season in the NHL? There have been 13 since the end of last season. I honestly can't see because who would it be? Here's who's flirting around the playoff line. St. Louis fired their coach. Calgary just hired their coach. Nashville has a new coach in Andrew Burnett. Um, over on the east, Islanders fired their coach. Patrick was in there. New Jersey's not firing. Lindy Ruffy was the coach of the year. Washington, brand new coach in Carberry. Yeah. So who, who, it's like who's the left? Rangers. It's like. Who's left? Yeah. There's teams I feel that aren't playing as well as they probably should be, but are they in a position to fire their coach? I I don't know. I, that's I don't know. That's a tough question. It's a great question. Way to go, Gay and Coral Gables. And uh, last yeah. one, saving the best for last from our guy Jeff, your biggest fan for some reason. Well, Jeff knows. And you haven't even met him. Wait till you meet him. Meet her. You might have a different feeling, Jeff. Yeah. Um. He says, who will be the sellers at the trade deadline, which is, uh, again, is March 8th. Um, the owners of the final wild card spot in the East right now are the Leafs and the Red Wings. And the bubble teams outside are Islanders, Penguins, Devils, Capitals, Sabres, mm. Canadians. Like, somebody's going to be. There is, um, but there's not much to move. No, well, the Flames have already proven that they yeah. are. Because they got rid of Elias Lindholm to Vancouver. So they're out. And they still have more parts to go, right, to sell off. You know, I, I keep going back to the Rangers because you look at a team like the Rangers, they have a lot of really good players, and I'm not sure that their record overall reflects how good of a team they are. They had a hot start, and then they just started to... You know, I think if the Rangers made a move, I don't think it would be a bad idea. If they didn't, I don't think it would be a bad idea. But again, who is there to move? Uh, what is Montreal? Montreal doesn't really have anybody to move. I mean, there's not really anything that they could. They're young and they're just taking yeah. their lumps right now. Right. It, yeah. yeah. Montreal's an interesting team too because it's kind of off topic. But when we saw them play here, they just did not quit playing. And I had to hand it to them. They didn't quit skating. They didn't quit Moving the body, they didn't quit doing anything. They worked they really, really hard. Really hard. Same as Vancouver. When Vancouver was here, it was next level. I mean, not even close. I guess me. as we're sitting here, Philly is a team that I could see. They've got a lot of uh, 
Well, problems. They, now they need a goaltender. Yeah. So we need a goalie. Gonna, we need a goalie. That's so, a Gavi imitation. Yeah. I don't know if you. Yeah. We don't have a goalie. So something's. <laughs> she does it better than I. Something's going to have to happen probably there. But having said that, Philly probably knows they're not. I don't know. They. Yeah. That's a tough question, Jeff. Man. Uh, well, if if you're if if one team is the magic answer, I'm going to say Philly. And what, you're saying the Rangers? Which I would love for that to be the case because I predicted the Rangers would miss the playoffs and I was told that I should go for a drug test, random drug test. That it was so off base that the Rangers would miss the playoffs. Did I say that? No, it oh. was uh, John Shannon, as a matter of fact, from Hockey well, Day in Canada. The, but. The, I mean, the Rangers are stacked, stacked. But i tell you something, they don't have enough Canadians on that team. There's too many Americans on that team. You need leaders. They don't have, they have guys like, okay, they've got Truba. Truba's a great player, whatever. They have, you know, but they don't have those guys that are just like, yep, that's the heart and soul of that team right there. I feel like the Rangers are missing something. And when I was on a Rangers podcast with Jimmy Finizzi, I said, I just feel like there's something missing with the Rangers. And he's a diehard Rangers fan. He said, I agree. There you go. I uh, thank everybody for the questions. We love those episodes. This has uh, been episode 20 brought to you by Beach House Pompano, a scenic rooftop restaurant on the shores of Pompano Beach and Baresco right across the street, a tropical outpost serving only the freshest tacos and lush jungle vibes located at 225 North Pompano Beach Boulevard. Thanks to the crew here, Christian and, of course, Ben. And Ben's we'll flexing. Yeah, Ben's flexing. We'll see you next week here on the Cats and Bolts podcast at Podcast Junkies. I don't get enough time on this show.